Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The pride, passion, and pageantry of college football lives here. This is the Paul Feinbaum Show, Hour 3 Podcast. This might be college football, Welcome back here and the day after. Getting your reaction, Ari Wasserman will join us. Fans have been mostly quiet today. Will that change in the final two hours of our program? Stacy is up next. Paul Feinbaum, Happy New Year to you guys. A couple of things I want to say. Get it out of the way. Congratulations to Michigan. They played well. We also played well, too, but we made too many mental errors, too many mental mistakes. And I got to defend Miro. Everybody want to blame Miro. Keep that young kid named out your mouth. He played a good game, even though he made mistakes. He's not a one person that made the, the most mistakes. The team made the most, the most mistakes. And I want to go ahead and I want to say something about that last play of the game. That last play of the game was a good call. You just showed it. Show it again. What happened was, Miro, I think it was an RPO. The ball was snapped. When the ball was snapped low, it took his eyes off the guard that was put. Number 77 pulled all the way over. And, 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 and on the left side of the line, it was wide open lane because Michigan overplayed him. Michigan overplayed him. And so he just didn't see it. Hey, Stacy, do you, 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 you I don't mean to interrupt, but this is why people don't like certain fan bases when they just make stuff up. Say that again? After a loss. I can't hear you. Say that again? I said this is why there are people that don't like certain fan bases when the zealots who call in just make stuff up after a loss. Yeah, now we ain't making nothing up about no loss. We yeah. ain't making nothing up. I'm telling you. It's all made up. I mean, you can't tell me it was a good play because this didn't happen and that didn't happen. That's part of execution. That's part of calling the right play. It was a great play. Look at it. Pull it back up. Look at it. Let me uh, analyze no, Stacey, it. I, I don't it need to look at it. Play. I saw it live, okay? Well, go back and look at it, Paul. Yeah. And, and go back and look at it. I don't want to get, hey, look. The first thing new, I saw was a new a snap. When you got a guy that's had, when, I'm not trying, when, the guy, when the guy is continually not, snapping it low, you might want to re-examine how you orchestrate and execute and scheme a play. Happy New Year. Let's continue with more phone calls here. And Thomas is up next in Atlanta. Hello, Thomas. Hey, Thomas. Got to talk when we go to you, but we'll, uh, maybe he was still kind of shaking his head over Stacy's call. <laughs> Billy. Billy is up next. Hello, Billy. Hey, Paul. How you doing today, bud? Very well. Thank you. I got something I want to talk about to you. Give me about five minutes from my time. Uh, Bama's defense didn't play good first first half. And I think we need to get a new defense coordinator and a new offense coordinator. Uh, the second thing I want to talk about, 
referees Hold on, can't Billy, get out you're, of you're already replacing the two coordinators who have only been there a year? Well, now, listen, what I'm going to say. Didn't Saban say the last call was at the Tommy Reese? Of course it was. Uh, he's, got, he's the OC. Right, but, but anyway, you expect, you expect, the, you expect the athletic director to make the call? No, sir. Now, let's get on to something else, please, sir. The, the, the three calls that they missed, uh, they they run into the kicker. They didn't call penalty on that. Uh, in the fourth quarter, they had Michigan hitting the, hit Alabama in the back. It was third down. They gave them first down. I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, at the end of it, they put 12 seconds on the clock two times. Why do they do all that? Uh, I'll have to, I don't know, Billy, uh, but I'll see if I can get you an answer. Let me uh, go back to this guy uh, wants to uh, say a couple more things, so we will grant him that. J.K. is up next. Hey, hey roll tide, roll, Paul, fine, but I mean, roll, hey, you know tide. what? Hey, and you know what, Paul? Hey, hey I'm going to tell you what, hey, Paul. Paul, where is uh, uh, the good-looking one? And I'm looking for, uh, I'm looking for Mr. Black Hat himself. Did do they have any black hats on the shelf? Or what, what happened to the black hats? I'm looking for Jerome. I'm looking for the beer drinker. Why is Stacy not looking for me today? I don't understand. What happened, well, yeah, Paul? You just heard Stacy. Uh, Stacy was uh, defending Alabama like they just, like they're about to go to Houston to play Washington. Well, <laughs> unless they I mean, bought some planes. This plane. isn't the best two out of three, Stacey. Uh, you guys are done. If they bought plane tickets, they they welcome to go to the game. That's that's fine. But Paul, I, I don't understand when they win, he's looking for me. When they lose, he got all kinds of excuses. What is the best excuse you heard today? Because well, I've heard I, about I think five we just, or six hundred. We just heard it uh, that it was a great play, and it's obvious it was a great play because Tommy Reese made the Paul, call. You, me- you remember oh, the play oh, they had oh, in the uh, NFL, Stacy? Uh, J.K. Stacy wants to say something to you. Hey, I, I, I guess you out of witness protection now. You coming all right of your mouth. You ain't talking about the pin strike bowl. What happened in the pin strike bowl? Uh, the same thing happened in the Rose Bowl. Somebody got their ass. Well, that's okay. Hey, we made it to the Rose Bowl. See, you, the thing, hey, my you, problem you, with you, you, J.K. My, my, my problem with you, J.K., is that y'all don't even win in the regular season, and then you got something to talk about in the in the ball game. Man, get off this ball five hey, 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 Stacey, Florida State with 13 and 0. Y'all took a spot. That's why Karma came back to bite you in your butt. Karma is I don't care if they were 15 and 0. We didn't play in the pitch strike bowl. We didn't play oh, in the pitch strike bowl. Guess, How about that? But guess what? Guess what, Mr. Stacey? Alabama no, is two right and y'all got the same y'all got the same thing Miami got. Not a doggone thing. Well, let me but tell, a trip back to cheat. Let, let me tell you guess what. Let me tell you guess what. And it's a fact you can take it to the bank, Jack. Alabama gonna be right back there in the same place next year. Where Miami gonna be at? I hope they be in the same place. That's not another national championship, but I got a public service announcement for you and all the Bama fans. Walmart is okay. still having a rollback. On toilet tissue, Kleenex, Visine, and non-prescription high blood pressure medicine. So rush to the nearest Walmart and get all you need, baby, because you're going to need it from here Man, to the next September. Listen, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to get off this phone, because I ain't got time to argue with you. But I'm going to say I this to you don't. right here, and I want you, I want you to listen clear. I want you to listen clear. By this time next year, 
you're going to be doing the same exact thing. Calling the hey, man, we don't, we don't want to hear all those dumb prognostications, man. About we can some time. Goodbye. I ain't got nothing else to say hey, to your road tie. I will, hey, I will run too, baby. A hit dog will holler. <laughs> yeah, that we, we, we finally we finally have the it brought the entertainment part of of the program. Let's uh, continue here. Ryan up next in Michigan. Hello, Ryan. Hey, Paul. Good Hello? afternoon. Hey there. Good afternoon. Uh, Happy New Year. Just uh, I just had a question. I know that yesterday with uh, they were saying that. Ten, um, Washington was having a hard time with the whole Texas running. Is Michigan going to be able to run all over Washington is the question I have. Yeah, well, I, I, it's a good question. Uh, I don't really quite know yet, but I, I think I think Washington is very good, but uh, I don't think as good as that offensive line is, it's, 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 it's seen what they're about to see in Michigan. I, I honestly think Michigan is going to run all over Washington, and I, I think it's going to. I think they're definitely going to cover the spread, and I think you're looking at your next champions because they got the best defense in the country. Well, uh, no argument. Hey, thank you very, very much. AC is up next. Mr. Feinbaum, Happy New Year, sir. How you feeling? Thank you so much Happy for New taking Year. my call. Thank you. Absolutely. What is J.K. barking about? I remember the Scarlet Knights put up 31 points on those Florida Miami Hurricanes. That's pathetic. Pathetic. He lost to some sort of backup. How can he lose to the Scarlet Knights? It's because you're a Miami fan. That's what's going to happen to you, J.K. And matter of fact, Alabama just got ripped. They got wiped out. The legend is not going to cry anymore. But let's face it, Michigan, if they win the championship, you should be tanked. They cheated. Cheaters will forever be cheaters. That championship, to me, it doesn't count because they're not going to be consistent. They may not win the championship probably after, probably after I'm dead. That could possibly happen because they suck. Holla. Remember when you were a kid, somebody called you a name, and you would say, it takes one to know one? Mm-hmm. He just said, they suck. We'll take a short break, and we are back right after this. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Is your schedule too packed to see a doctor about your erectile dysfunction? Well, with Hims, now you can get treated for ED without stepping foot outside your door. They're changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, brand name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and entirely online. Just answer a series of questions and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free. No insurance needed. So what are you waiting for? Join the hundreds of thousands of trusted Hims subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash Paul. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash Paul for your personalized ED treatment options. Hymns.com slash Paul. Hard mints are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety or effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies on product and subscription plan. 
This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Wins this title. Ari Wasserman joining us shortly. We'll get his take on uh, what happened and what went wrong for what he said before the season was maybe the most talented team on paper from a recruiting standpoint he has ever seen. We were speaking of Alabama. Max is in Georgia. Max, go right ahead. Hey, Paul. Long-time listener here. Um, man, it's a pleasure to be able to speak with you guys. Thank but you. Uh, hats off to, to you and your crew. You guys are the best in the business. And I appreciate uh, you taking my call. I got a lifelong dog fan here. Got uh, three things for you. And, uh, and then I'm going to hang up and just listen to you talk. But uh, f- first off, so um want to get your thoughts on the Georgia and Florida State game. Everybody says, you know, that's that's not a measuring stick of either team. But but would it have been different? And how much different, in your opinion, if Florida State had been fully loaded? Um, secondly, I, I, I thought what we saw, so, Max, was why Kirby Smart is, is, is at the absolute uh, pinnacle in college football. It's about it's about his culture and he instit- that he has instituted and, and made work. And uh, I thought it was, a, it was a phenomenal way to end the season. M- uh, if Florida State had had everybody that played in the middle of the season, including Jordan Travis, Georgia would have still won. It would have been significantly closer because the Florida State defense was elite and, and Travis was, was, a, was a top-notch quarterback. But ultimately, Georgia would have worn them down and still won the game by 10 or more points. It wouldn't have been 60, uh, but that wasn't so much Georgia doing. That was the, uh, the lack of class from Florida State. Uh, that program talked a big game. They threatened everybody. They bullied everyone. And in the end, they didn't get in because they shouldn't have gotten in. And what did they do after that? They, they sued the NCAA. They opted yeah, out. Right, they right. really humiliated themselves. But that's not unusual when you when, when you consider we are talking about Florida State. Right, right. Yep. Uh, incomplete agreement there. But secondly, how, so how do we stop all of the opt outs? So I've seen several things, and uh, and one of the ones that that really made sense to me is is kind of prorating that NIL money. So that the players don't get the biggest portion until the end of the year, until they so so basically, if you don't play in this bowl game or if you don't see the season through, you don't get the the remaining portion of that money. Max, I understand um, where you're coming from. What are your from, thoughts but it, on? But it, it seems reactionary to me. Uh, Alabama did it last year. Georgia did it. Why why did Nick Saban? Why was he able to do that? Why was Kirby Smart able to do that? Because those are the two best programs in the country. From a to Z, and I respect uh, Mike Norvell. I, I, I think Mike Norvell probably should look around, frankly. Uh, he, he, he's working really for a renegade program, and I say that in the, not in the sense that 
they're out there doing things nefarious, but they, they have, Florida State has isolated themselves now. Nobody likes them, nobody respects them, and most important, nobody in college sports trusts them. Uh, because if you would do, can you imagine uh, an SEC school doing that? No, because the SEC is a collegial conference. Uh, you know, from a competitive standpoint, it's vicious. But once they get into the boardroom and try to settle issues, they do it collegially. Uh, they do it in a collegial fashion. They do it with unanimity because they have a strong commissioner. And it all starts there. Eddie is in Charleston. Good afternoon. Hey. Hey, good afternoon, Eddie. Good afternoon. Yeah, I was just uh, calling about how I tried to call two years ago about the way this NIL and this transfer portal is going to affect our college playoffs implications. And now we got two teams that have not been there in 30 years playing. And your norm, your Texas, your Alabama, your Georgia, your Ohio State are not in the playoffs. I just want to get Feinbaum's uh, opinion on that. Well, Eddie, uh, well, they are, they are, Texas and Alabama were in the playoff. They're just not in the final game. And uh, it's, it, it, to me, it doesn't really uh, say that much that those, are, those two are out. I mean, they, they were four good schools. I, mean, I, I think that's why uh, a lot of us liked what this committee did. Florida State would not have been competitive uh, in, in a game last night against Michigan. Let's, let's stop and think about what we saw yesterday for a second. We, we all praised last year. Remember, that was the greatest day in, in college football history, those two playoff games. The Georgia game was epic. The, the TCU-Michigan game. Yesterday was even better. I mean, there has, we've never had two games that have come down to the absolute final play. We came close last year. Uh, the Georgia game came down to it. I think the TCU game uh, was very close to that. But it, it, I think just the drama of what we saw yesterday at the Rose Bowl, and then many, many hours later, we, we saw it all over again in a different, in a different fashion. To me, that's a, that, 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 in spite of all the lawsuits, in spite of all the threats, the idiotic governor, uh, the statements from the senator, all these, the attorney general, that was, that was, that was great. I, I mean, let's compliment the committee. They did their job. Uh, yeah, they, they probably missed on Georgia. But, again, the problem is you can only put four in. Who are you going to leave out? Are you going to leave out Michigan? Uh, are you going to leave out Washington? Are you going to leave out Texas? Every, everybody acquitted themselves. I mean, I, I'm, I, find, I found a lot of fault yesterday with what Alabama did. But the game went to overtime. They, they were up seven with a, with a couple of minutes to go, with a, with a, with a, with a percentage chance of winning, what was, how, how high did it get? I mean, it was overwhelming. Uh, so let's, let's not, let's not uh, act like that, that was a disaster. I mean, I know I ran into Michigan fans uh, late last night who were, who were ah, okay, what happened to, what happened to, Georgia, what happened to Alabama? Uh, nothing happened to Alabama. Uh, they, they nearly won a game. Uh, Let's not, let's not go crazy here. Uh, and the other game was, was equally good. That's what you want. Uh, I felt badly for Georgia, but Georgia could have done uh, Georgia just, Georgia, Georgia, what was it? Yeah, so, so Alabama was at an 86% chance to win uh, uh, when that last drive began, went on the goal line. 
uh, or maybe the previous drop. So what are we talking about here? Uh, by the way, already this is, this is now over. We're, we're going to a 12-team playoff. I hope it's as exciting, uh, but it would be pretty hard to top the last two semifinal rounds, which has always been the terrible round. We've seen some good play we, we've seen some good championship games, and we would like to see a good championship game next week, and we probably will because George is home. We'll take a short break. Ari Wasserman coming up next. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. There are a lot of firsts associated with uh, this season for Alabama, and, and almost all of them in a positive way. But there was one thing that that some of us who have covered Coach Saban for as long as we have have used repeatedly. Remember, it used to be it's been since 2009 that Alabama was a favorite in every game. Now that's gone out the window. But this one is significant. Since 2008, at some point, often the final day of the season, but at some point, Alabama has been ranked number one during the season every single year since 2008. I think that's the greatest testament to the Saban dynasty. And I know some Alabama fans probably still think that could happen <laughs> maybe a week from today. It's not going to, uh, but it, it, is a, it is a moment in time. Ari Wasserman joining us from The Athletic. Uh, he has been here so many times talking about how powerful that Alabama team is. But I want to talk a little bit about Michigan and, and how they uh, – figure into this equation. All right. Good afternoon. Happy New Year. Thanks so much for being here. Happy New Year to you, Paul. I always appreciate you having me on. It means a lot to me. So we'll get to Alabama in a second, but this Michigan team has defied some, some, some standards. Have they not assuming they win? And we're still a week away from that, but uh, break, break down for us uh, from a talent standpoint, recruiting standpoint, how they compare and contrast to the team they beat yesterday. Yeah, well, it's funny you say, you know, Michigan is a week away potentially of, of bucking that trend. Well, Washington's actually on paper less talented than Michigan. So no matter who wins, um, it's going to buck that trend. And, you know, I've been on this show five, six times talking to you adamantly about how the teams that win the national championships are built a certain way. And I've had to come to the realization here that the first time since we've kept track of all this stuff in 20 years, that this isn't going to happen this year. Um, and, it is because Alabama lost and you're looking at a team that um, got physically 
moved around quite easily by a team that is less talented on paper. I mean, the final play of the game, former top, uh, you know, 100 player or five-star prospect, right tackle JC Latham got pushed into the back field and fell on his butt right in front of the running lane that Milrow was trying to score on. And he was pushed there by a former three-star prospect who enrolled with coastal Carolina out of high school. And I thought that was a um, small piece of a sliver of the whole game where they have three-star guys moving five-star people around. And if you go look, Alabama had 18 five-star prospects and Michigan had two. And of the blue chip prospects on the team that Alabama had, they were all, you know, on average of the 85 players on their team, top 100 players in high school. And Michigan can't even come close to that. So, you know, coming to terms with the fact that Michigan has beaten Ohio State and uh, Alabama in two out of three games, two teams that, you know, stand pretty tall ahead over them, in the total talent rankings. And now we're in a position where a team like Michigan or Washington will win the national championship. This is the first time I've ever seen it happen. I thought it was impossible uh, coming into this year because of how, um, you know, physical this game is and how much talent, you know, plays into how this game plays out. And Michigan has somehow found a way to transcend those rankings and, you know, through evaluation and development and of course, adding transfers uh, like Josiah Stewart, who made that play at the end of the game, they've they've created a very good football team that that can win these games, and it kind of changes and shifts how we have to view who can win a national championship in the transfer portal era. Well, I know it's a pretty basic question, and I also know you have the answer, but but how how, how was this possible? How, how do you how do you have a team like Michigan and especially Washington be, beat the biggest guys on the street, the biggest bullies? Well, the thing that is interesting about that, Paul, is that we've seen teams, you know, make it to the national championship game without beating the bullies. Last year, TCU did that. And when they played Georgia in the national championship game, we saw what that looks like typically. Um, And Washington this year is a very good football team and I think has a very good chance of beating Michigan on Monday, but they have not played a super, uh, a super team that when it comes to the recruiting rankings and, just having a wealth of advantage in the talent department. They beat Oregon twice and um, they beat Texas, which is a fringe super team, but they haven't had to beat a Georgia or Ohio state or Alabama and Michigan did it two out of three weeks. So, you know, Washington making it and having a chance is certainly great, but I think Michigan's the more interesting and compelling angle to this because they have climbed the mountain the hard way um, and succeeded. So, you know, I don't know how we got here. I think part of it is here's the number one question. Is this a weird year where we're getting to the final ends of the effects of COVID and we're getting to a place where Ohio State, Georgia, and Alabama were all not peak versions of themselves, which you're not going to get very often in the same year? Like, is this an interesting window of, like, this is just a crazy window, um, weird circumstances, and, you know, advantageous scenario for Michigan? Or is this the beginning of a trend where the transfer portal is going to dictate and change um, the paradigm of how we view sports, uh, the sport, and how the talent is composite uh, or comp- uh, put together on a roster. Excuse me. You know, I, I don't know if I've completely punted on the idea that the teams with the best players are going to win the most. That's clearly just sports in general. Um, but how we rank them and how they're viewed and how they produce as uh, opposed to that ranking is changing because three-star players at Washington, like their quarterback, um, is a Heisman finalist and Josiah Stewart, a defensive end at Michigan. They're producing 
I mean, Florida State is the number one example of that. I mean, their entire team before it got injured was transfers, Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman and Jordan Travis and the running back Benson, their entire team, Jared Verse. Uh, all the guys that are on that team that made them a national championship contender did not start their careers at Florida State and were lower-rated prospects that turned out to be first-round picks. So the production they were getting doesn't equate to the rankings the way that it used to because there's so much movement in the roster. So um, I think it's strange that Georgia, Ohio State, and, and Alabama all were kind of in this weird transition period where they were placing quarterbacks and, and finding themselves. But when you say how did this happen to Alabama, not to be too long-winded, but you know, they were the most talented team in college football, but their warts were exposed. Um, their, running, their running back is a solid player, but not a dynamic player. Um, their skill position players, they don't have Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddell anymore. And their quarterback, for as electrifying as he was at times, never, you know, played like Bryce Young or um, Tua Tagovailoa or all the, all the players that did this. So this wasn't peak Alabama either, and we knew that going into it. So you know, half of me is, holy holy crap, this happened for the first time. I can't believe it. And half of me is like, well, all the super teams that usually there was no Clemson this year, like it was just a very interesting year. Is that going to be the trend moving forward or was this just a weird year? Let me uh, get to one of the schools you mentioned a minute ago. And uh, I know you're pretty well versed. You covered them for a long time. But I, I can't think of a worse loss in the postseason than what happened to Ryan Day. Now, there are reasons. Uh, one of them was on the sidelines, and the other one is already at Syracuse. But but that was as close to a disaster as as I have seen in that game, losing badly to Missouri. Uh, where where is Ryan Day right now, in spite of a, a gaudy record? It's a pretty uh, uncomfortable scenario, I think, in Columbus, Ohio, right now. Um, first of all, any time a team loses to their rival three years in a row, when they're accustomed to winning you know, 10, 15 in a row or whatever it was and losing once or twice in a 20-year period, uh, losing three in a row and watching the, not just losing the game, but watching the power dynamic in your conference and your rivals shift to the other team um, is definitely a hard pill to swallow. And the most interesting thing to me about Ohio State is the thing that Ryan Day does the best or did the best unequivocally uh, through his tenure at Ohio State was to recruit um, and develop top-notch first-round picks at quarterback. He had Justin Fields, he had C.J. Stroud, um, and you know they, they had the guys over and over and over again at that position. And this year, I don't think that you could say that Ohio State had a dynamic quarterback. And it's funny enough, we're talking about the Michigan team that is about to potentially win the national championship, and Ohio State had a uh, wide-open receiver that might have scored a touchdown on the final drive to win that game uh, on the road. Um, so when you think about what the difference between Ohio State winning a national title and, and going home early is, it's, well, what if they had C.J. Stroud this year? Or what if they had Justin Fields or, or Dwayne Haskins or one of the guys that they had under Ryan Day's leadership? And they didn't. So not only are you losing traction yeah, in your way, rivalry. They also had Quinn Ewers up there. They did, and now Quinn Ewers is playing in the playoff. Now, that, that's a little bit of a different scenario because uh, they would have had to bench C.J. Stroud in order right. to keep him there, so I don't know that you can fault him for that. But, yeah, watching Quinn Ewers in the playoff, you know, think about it, dude. If Quinn Ewers stayed at Ohio State by some miracle and decided he wanted to wait an extra year to play, um, you know, Michigan and Texas might not have been in the championship uh, scenario or the playoff. Um, but that's the way that the sport works now with the transfer portal and people leaving and changing the, the, the quarterback dominoes. Um, but you're losing traction on your rivalry or you've lost it. Michigan is clearly the 
the gem of the Big Ten in terms of, you know, who's leading the way. They're playing for a national championship. And the thing that Ohio State does the best, which is always have a dynamic quarterback, is a complete and utter disaster right now. And I don't know if they're going to get a portal guy or if they're going to try to, you know, work through with the guys they have on their roster. But it, when you ask me what happened in the Cotton Bowl, they threw a 18-year-old kid from North Dakota out there who never took any reps because he's a true freshman and they couldn't run an offense. Um, and now you're going into an offseason without an answer and they're going to try to figure out how it goes. So very uncomfortable situation there and certainly not the team um, that you're accustomed to seeing in Columbus and, you know, not trending in the right direction. But they just signed a great class. They have a five-star quarterback coming in. You know, the hope is for them that they can they can turn it around. All right, before you go, we're, I want to look ahead. Uh, and I, no, I doubt you've, you've done uh, the, the deepest possible dive in, into Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin, but everybody privately and probably publicly soon is whispering about what they have coming back and uh, the recruiting and the portal have been pretty phenomenal. Uh, when, when you look at what he has done there, this is now uh, two really fantastic uh, seasons. He, 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 last year he, he let it get away, and, and then the schedule is on our screen right now uh, at Wake Forest, uh, pretty manageable there, Kentucky, South Carolina at LSU, Oklahoma at home, Georgia at home, and uh, no Bama for the first time in forever. Yeah, well, you know what I think is interesting about this, Paul, because everybody knows what they've done in the portal, like, like 12 guys come in or something like that, and some productive starters of the SEC, um, you know, and, and certainly great pieces for depth. I mean, I'm looking at the transfer list uh, last week, and I think I saw a few Tennessee kids, a few Florida kids, Oklahoma, an A&M guy. You know, Walter Nolan isn't just an A&M guy. He might be a first-round pick from the defensive tackle position. They've added some pieces. And you know what it kind of reminded me of? And I don't know if we're going to start seeing this in college football. Obviously, the speculation is that Ole Miss, um, you know, works the, the NIL magic in order to try to sign this this incoming portal class. But if you have a window of opportunity and you're not a team that's going to be spending or, or outspending other teams in the portal every single year, you look at what you have on your roster, you see how you did the year before, you evaluate what's coming back, the schedule ahead, and then you might be like, well, this is the year. You know, We're not going to do it every year, but this is the year. We're going to circle the wagons, and we're going to bring in the best possible transfer class that we can. We're going for it. And it kind of reminds me of the way that teams in professional sports at times either buy or sell at the trade deadline, where it's like we have a window of opportunity here. The schedule matches up. A lot of our best players that you know won 10 games this year are coming back. There's an opportunity here to do something. So now is the time to spend, and we're going to spend big, and we're going to do the best that we can to – create a roster the following year that not only has a favorable schedule, but has the talent to match up in a potential SEC championship game or a playoff scenario. And, you know, they compete once every seven to 10 years for the biggest prize. Um, and that to me is an interesting dynamic as we get closer to the employment agreements that are probably sure to come down the pike in the next half decade and the NIL and all the things that, you know, come with the financial aspect of this game, the buying and selling, um, maybe not so much selling, but buying at an opportune time based on circumstance to go achieve something once every decade. Uh, that's a really intriguing way to build a team that isn't necessarily in the national championship contention every year. Um, and I'm going to be watching very closely on Ole Miss moving forward to see if, if that strategy and what they're doing right now is, is something that could work. Great stuff. As always, Ari Wasserman from The Athletic. Uh, Ari, be well. Come back soon. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate you. Anytime.
Great stuff. Uh, just uh, nobody knows more. And we head to the break. We still have a long way to go and plenty of time for you to hop on board. We're missing a number of callers so far. I can think of Jerome. We knew he wouldn't call. He never calls after an Alabama loss. Larry, is he going to call? The handsome one, is he going to call? And the king of all media, the legend, will he be here? We will. Will they? You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Well, they're slowly crawling out. Larry is up next. What's up, my mom? Larry. Hey, man. <laughs> yeah, we went down, man. That hurt. That hurt. But... That guy you just had on, what are you, I swear to God, man, you get these people jibber-jabbering, babbling, talking so fast, talking about Bama's secondary, uh, they're supposed to be five-star, really mediocre. Uh, well, and the running backs are well, uh, really all that. Right. Really? really? Had more talent than I mean, that's just amazing. That's amazing. Those same people, players rather, got us to where we were at. In the playoffs. That man's a fool. I hope you listen because you're a damn idiot, boy. You need to be a reevaluating uh, grammar school kids. Man, that just that's what pisses me off. We lost. Okay. That bugs me bad. But you know what, man? What I want to thank Coach Saban, the Crimson Tide football team, for thanking Great playing they did and get us where we're at. Thank Larry, y'all. You're, what happened on the on the on the play on the Milro play that ended the game? How did you react? I, I just I would like to reach through the TV and grab that offensive coordinator and squeeze his goon ass off. I mean that's <laughs> stupid. That, that, you were not alone. That's almost as bad. That's almost as bad as watching Texas. So Sartesian must be taking lessons from somebody on the Alabama coaching staff. They thought about okay, four Larry, times, man. Didn't here. get close we're, we're to receiver. To, uh, okay, we're gonna we're gonna roll the tape, and you tell us what you were thinking. Okay, low snap. Milrow has the ball. What were you thinking? I thought he'd pitch it out or, or, or you know drop back and and act like he's gonna throw it and pitch it to one of the running backs and let them run down the line and find a hole because. Uh, 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 t- uh, Michigan had everybody on the line, but Paul Feinbaum. Damn. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not really sure what they Milrow, had everybody uh, stacked on. Did, I don't know what like they were thinking. Did, Milrow did it. that on his own. I just it made me so mad. I tell you what, I had to go out of the house and scream and just scream. I was so pissed. I just couldn't believe that they would run. Now, Larry, well, uh, that play. were you alone at the time? What were you were you by yourself 
yesterday afternoon. Yeah, was, I was. I was by myself, and I'm glad. Yeah, no, I was I wonder, what, what, Larry, what if uh, what if one of your Auburn buddies had been there and they started laughing after that? Oh, it'd have been on. We'd have been rolling around. My fibrillator probably would have went off. Beep, 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 beep. You think he would have done some damage to the guy? I would have slapped that sucker. We'd have been on. He might have whooped my ass. I don't know. I never know when I start one. I ain't gonna finish. But you, uh, but yeah. is it a is it a safe assumption that you would you would you would have been fearless? Yeah, I was somebody laughing in my house about my losing. This on Jack. I tell them that. Larry, uh, if you, uh, for those who wonder why Larry, we have an automatic policy. For the record, I agreed with what Larry said. I had no problem with it. It was, it was honest. It was guttural. It described the, the worst moment of the year, and he just got a little bit carried away. No big deal. I may have said worse when that play happened. But anyway, it's uh, it's not unusual. When we come back, the caller you have been waiting to hear, he has already taken some shots. He's been the subject of a few phone calls. You will hear the one and only when we return. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. 